From Public Health Institute, welcome to the PHICDC Global Health Podcast, the podcast that highlights stories from the PHICDC Global Health Fellowship Program, a U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention-funded program implemented by the Public Health Institute. Our fellows are guided by CDC Global Health experts and work on the front lines of global health, developing the technical and professional skills needed to make meaningful contributions to today's global health challenges. I'm your host, Whitney Sturton-Hall, the Programs Administration and Communications Lead. Our guest today is Mayuko Takamiya, MPH. Mayuko is an alumna of the program and was an epidemiology fellow for two years for CDC in Zimbabwe. She currently works for the World Health Organization in Geneva, Switzerland. She discusses her path that led her to the fellowship, her assignment as a fellow, and what she's working on now. Welcome, Mayuko. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Uh, let's start with what sparked your interest in global health and what influenced you to pursue your master's in public health. Yeah, so uh, when I entered the undergrad, I was vaguely dreaming to work for something global in health sector, which could be many things. And I didn't know what I want to do in health from global perspectives. And being in the life science program, at my school, University of Toronto in Canada, which by the way has a massive um, Asian student populations. Many of my friends and classmates were aiming to become a doctor, dentist, pharmacist, and all that um, conventional, well-respected health career path. And at that time, the global health program at my school was still considered somewhat new and going for global health career without being medical professionals um, seems a little bit unconventional and fluffy. Um, So I had some doubts and dilemma and struggles to pinpoint what I want to pursue in my future career. Um, And when I started to explore some of my elective courses in my later years of my undergrad, I encountered some introductionary courses in global health and epidemiology, which was my aha moment. Like through lectures and chat with my professors, I was able to picture what I could be doing in global health career and solidify my interest in global health. So yeah, that led me to pursue to go to grad school to study more about epidemiologies and its application in global health. That's great. And where did you go to grad school? Uh, grad school was in uh, University of Illinois in Chicago. Uh, well, what was your public health work experience like before you became a fellow? And are there any key experiences that stand out as most impactful in building your skills or confirming your path in global health? So when I started the fellowship, I was fresh out of grad school and my public health work experience or actually any work experience was limited to the capstone research and some research assistant position that I did during my grad school. And so as a research assistant, I supported some coordinations and data management of a cohort study among key populations at higher HIV risk in Chicago, which I learned how to conduct a study with key populations and in different research assistant positions. I supported data management and analysis for longitudinal study on 
overall health and neighborhood dis- disadvantage, which I was able to apply some of my analytical skills from my master's program to handle population-based database from an enhanced survey, which is the large health survey on U.S. population by the CDC. And for my capstone research, I conducted a cross-sectional study to explore risks for HIV and food insecurity among female sex workers in India. Uh, this was my, my first hands-on experience in global health and perhaps a defining experience that led to the fellowship, I think. Um, but you know, not only the research skills or analytical skills, but also learning how to handle the unexpected and the chaos and stay resilient uh, during my capstone uh, research really prepare me for my future global health experience. And then also the, the partner NGO that I work with um, runs an orphanage for girls from all ages and making personal connection with 40-something girls during my stay, uh, during my capstone research was also a bonus. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great experience. That was in India? Yes, that was in India, Hyderabad. So what opportunities were you considering after grad, uh, graduate school? Because um, it sounds like you could have worked for you know, lots of different organizations. Why did you decide to pursue the PHICC Global Health Fellowship? Um, so I learned about the fellowship opportunity around halfway through my second year of MPH. And... It was through an email circulated around in my program. And at that time, I hadn't really started applying for jobs yet. And, but I, I think I started to, started to browse and see what positions I could be applying for in the next several months. But when I read the description of the fellowship, it seems by far the most interesting one that I, I feel like it's truly matched with my passion in global health. And then I also really like the the fellowship's focus on hands-on experience and also learning. So I thought um, it's a perfect entry point to to build my um, global health career. Oh, that's great. And so what was your role as a fellow at CDC? And then if you could share with listeners um, where you were located and how did your role change throughout your time as a fellow? So like the projects you were working on? Yeah, so um, I was assigned to CDC Zimbabwe country office as an epidemiology fellow. And my role was to support the monitoring and an evaluation on national HIV TV integrated programs and then support the ADS, the Associate Director of Science team with uh, publication clearance process and drafting annual reports and then also to disseminate knowledge by analyzing research data and writing manuscript on HIV. I presented two authors' manuscript at international conferences and published on journal. And also, unexpectedly, I work on some of the immunization project when cholera outbreak happens in Zimbabwe. And so, working for working with an HQ team from immunization department for the cholera vaccine kind of led to 
another project when they come back to Zimbabwe for a different project for a typhoid vaccine. And then that leads to another project that's also for vaccine, uh, typhoid vaccine. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, I, I enjoy my, how my role evolved as a fellow and then got to expose to um, all kinds of different areas of global health. Thanks for sharing. Um, did you have the opportunity to travel during the fellowship for work or for trains, um, either in Zimbabwe or to other countries? Yeah, I I traveled to so first to present my analysis at the international conferences in India and in Rwanda, and it was personally an amazing coincidence, particularly for India because. The conference took place in the same city that I did my capstone research, and I was able to meet the, all the girls from orphanage that I told you about earlier, and also everyone else that I work with during my staying for a capstone. Um, and then I also traveled for several trainings throughout my fellowship. Um, I took a training on research with HIV key populations at the WHO Collaborating Center in Croatia, and then uh, biostatistical training on imputations at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, uh, GIS software training for global health at Loyal uh, Tropical Institute in Amsterdam, and advanced Excel training in Cape Town. Um, all these trainings um, really enhance my training uh, skills and knowledge in my day-to-day work and then also help me brainstorm what I could potentially um, contribute to, to my team. That's great. Um, that's especially fun to hear that you went back to India and, and um, saw the girls that you met. <laughs> yeah, before. it was very fun. <laughs> um, well, since you were a fellow before the pandemic started and then, you know, you, the pandemic occurred during your fellowship, how did working in global health change for you? Um, and what was your experience like working on CDC's emergency response in 2020 for the epidemiology task force um, within incident management systems? Yeah, my global health work massively changed uh, due to the pandemic. First, I had to relocate from country office to headquarter office in, in Atlanta due to the pandemic. And towards the end of my fellowship, I joined the COVID task force for a month to support uh, data management and preliminary analysis for a cohort study at the correctional facility in Chicago, which was one of the hotspots for the COVID pandemic in the States in early 2020. It was a very fast-paced environment and constantly my team members changed because task force assignment duration is usually a month or two and it's renewable as you go. Um, Work, but working with public health professionals with diverse background all across CDC was extremely stimulating. And I also learned how proactiveness is a key, especially for fellows, because initially we were enrolled in a task force like roster uh, system, I, which I forgot the name, um, but and you know, waiting to be called. Um, but it took longer to, to 
get an interesting assignment or actually any maybe assignment for some of us and others. But for me, instead of waiting around, I started to ask around if there's any opportunity while、uh, working for some admin support in the task force. And that's how I got connected with the, the team lead for the cohort study that I, I work during my task force、um, time. And you know, really got、um, the more technical assignment rather than admin support. And eventually, when the team grew and there are more needs for staff,、uh, I was able to connect some other. Some of my fellowship friends to the, to the team, and then eventually I handed over my assignment to, to them when I left the fellowship for a new position. Overall, it was,、um, it was demanding for sure, but it's a very rewarding experience. Yeah, it's rare, I think for me, it's a rare opportunity that I was able to involve in, in the early part of the. COVID response to CDC. That sounds like a great learning experience and good for you that you took initiative too. So, what was it like to work with CDC staff in Zimbabwe, or if you want to talk about、um, your time on the response, and what were highlights of your experience with staff or your mentors? Overall, I enjoy very much working with my team in, in, the, in the country office,、uh, colleagues from headquarters team. And also, people from task forces. I, I really learn a lot、um, from seasoned professionals around me. And then, also with my fellowship friends, we, we often share each other's experience for you know, ideas and encouragement. And, and I'm still keeping in touch with people I met through this fellowship. And you know, not only、um, they're my colleagues for life, but also. My really good friends who we share a similar experience and, and even you know, discuss all kinds of things like career planning, balance with personal life,、uh, whether you would like to do PhD in future, and all kind of stuff. Since you were an overseas fellow, how did you overcome learning to navigate communicating across cultural barriers? So, I think spotting similarities is the first step to, to navigate cultural barriers because once you see similarity between、um, your culture and other people's cultures, barriers are no longer barriers, maybe just tiny little differences.、Um, so, interestingly, I found some similarities between、um, Japanese culture, which is my heritage. And Zimbabwean culture, which you know, you would expect nothing in common.、Um, but for, for instance, in, in both cultures,、uh, people may not prefer straight to the point way of communications. Like, we prefer more, a little bit indirect, more politeness over like efficiency in a way, which is something. Polar opposite of the Western or particularly American way of communications. So, for example, like my CDC American colleagues、uh, write to a local research partner in Zimbabwe that task A needs to be done soon because of the reason A and B. Could you complete this、um, by this date?、Uh, to which they reply, We could try. 
but we have many activities going on around this time, so it will be very difficult to complete by this date. So to my surprise, my American colleague took it positively that, okay, this is a confirmation that they will try and complete. But um, sometimes in, in our culture, um, our as in, yeah, like Japanese culture, and I, I found that apparently also in Zimbabwean culture, um, that this way of saying is to politely ask to reconsider the request as opposed to confirming they would actually try and complete. Um, but because I'm used to this you know, a little bit indirect way of saying in my own culture, it was easier for me to, I guess, interpretate the Zimbabwean style of communications. And maybe actually i rather try to adjust myself to, to communicate in more straightforward and more proactive way when I interact with, with my American colleagues. But yeah, so all that to say, I think, yeah, finding similarities and make cultural barrier less barrier. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Those are all good points. And that's really interesting that you found kind of like the commonalities between Japanese culture and Zimbabwean culture. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What were your favorite parts or do you have any favorite memories about living and working in Zimbabwe? Yeah, so that's a hard question because it was my first time living in Africa, first time moving to somewhere from my global health work. Everything was new to me, so I, I really cherish every moment, um, even the ch- challenging one now that I'm looking back. Zimbabwe is a beautiful, beautiful country, rich in natural resources and blessed with mild weather all year round. Um, so I really enjoy um, occasional safari trips on the weekends, um, even like um, harvesting fresh produce from the vegetable garden that my my landlord made and some restful, restful and then productive Sundays with some with rest destructions that I would have otherwise if I live in a big city in other part of the world. Um, but actually, the most memorable part is stargazing. <laughs> and to to paint the picture, um, a few months later, I moved to Zimbabwe. The country started to face a series of uh, financial crisis, power crisis, and gas crisis. And we had occasional power cuts and later systematic one as well. So when power was out, um, literally there's no lights and of course no Wi-Fi. <laughs> really nothing much you could do without any lights because it's all dark. Um, initially this stressed me out very much because I, f- I felt like my evening plans were all ruined. But my coping mechanism was to, to stock up some nice candles that I like. And when parka happens, I light my candles in my house, which was kind of romantic for no reason, just for myself. And open the living door, sliding door to, to look up the night sky full of stars and just imagine the entire city is blacked out there's no tall building around in a massive open field of Africa it is truly magical moment just just for myself and 
you know, later on, I even made a perfect mellow playlist for stargazing. Uh, made some milk tea to, to just enjoy the moment. It was tough, but maybe actually that was my favorite moment. What a great story of you know, turning something that could be really challenging into something positive and thank very you. memorable. So yeah, thank you for sharing. Uh, well, how did the fellowship impact your career trajectory? So how did you decide where to apply afterwards? I know that's something that um, can be overwhelming looking for a new opportunity. Um, and what are you doing now? So through the fellowship experience, I fell in love with global health work even more. It's re- really reassured me that the, this career path is a perfect intersection of um, the purpose I want to support and pursue and then the work I enjoy spending my time for. And my, my interest relied on uh, mainly infectious disease that people suffer from in, in resource set, limited settings. But particularly after working on some immunization projects in Zimbabwe, I become more interested in immunization. I guess maybe because of its immediate impact on people's life. The pandemic happened towards, my, towards the end of my fellowship. So, you know, I didn't really plan anything much, but I just happened to talking with the immunization department team that I work for, work with in Zimbabwe. And there are some opening in their team. Uh, so I apply for it. And then, yeah, I already know what they're doing. So it was kind of perfect match. So I transitioned to the the CDC Global Immunization Division after the fellowship. And then immunization is still my primary field of interest now. And I currently work for the malaria vaccine program at the WHO. And this is the world first ever vaccine for malaria. So it is very rewarding to see how the vaccine is saving and also will save many, many children's life in malaria endemic countries. And I hope to continue working on immunization in global health field. Um, But although I don't necessarily try to narrow down my path to a specific disease, but, um, but yeah, I guess I'll see how everything works out. Yeah, that sounds really great. And you're living in Geneva, right now, right? In Switzerland? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, Geneva in Switzerland. How has that experience been? Uh, Living in Geneva, it's been, it's been great. Um, Of course, a lot different from Zimbabwe in many, many um, aspects. Um, But one thing it's very great is that because Geneva, there's a lots of um, headquarters for international organizations. So I constantly um, meet people from different organizations and all these people doing really, really cool work um, in health or you know, non-health sectors. So just it's, it's a really stimulating environment to be in. And for the vaccine department at the WHO and the vaccine department, the, the, the Global Immunization Division at CDC, uh, they have really um, close connections. They, they work together a lot and 
um, there's always constantly people from CDC are coming to WHO, the vaccine department as a secondment. Um, so I still feel like I'm still loosely um, have connection with CDC. And yeah, I don't know. It's really great to just run into other CDC people in a WHO office as well. Sounds like it's a small world of global health. <laughs> Um, what advice do you have to listeners who want to follow in your footsteps or, you know, are in, inspired by your story uh, in terms of what has helped you enter the global health field and succeed? I feel like every experience at every stage of my career helped me pursue what I do now. And, you know, I'm certainly in a, still in the process of figuring out my next step to become more experienced global health professional. Um, but I'd say if if um, if you're in MPH program now or plan to make the most use of your capstone projects and plan something that is actually you're interested for your future career, and then also find someone in the field that you pursue who is willing to mentor you. And for me, I was very fortunate to have my professor during my MPH who was willing to mentor me, who had zero global health experience, um, yet uh, tried to guide me to complete my capstone research in India. And, you know, that led to, I think, CDC fellowship experience in Zimbabwe. And that also led to my uh, CDC GID team, which also led to my current place in, in WHO. So, you know, and I just now I just summarized very quickly, but along each stage, there's always people who had more experience than me um, and willing to take me under their wings. I'm extremely thankful to, to have them in each stage of my career. Yeah, it sounds like you've learned so much and are, you know, continuously learning. Um, do you have any favorite public health trainings or resources you recommend either for people with your, um, you know, similar educational background or those who are newer to public health? I would say, I mean, this podcast that um, you're doing and also other material that PHI producing, um, like, uh, the those interview articles on alumni or current fellows or um, uh, other um, CDC staff. I think those are great resources um, for people who are interested in um, global health. Because for me, I was always curious how how people got to where they are now. And yeah, I think these kind of podcasts interview articles are, are really great uh, to to get some ideas and inspiration on how you want to design your career path. Because I feel like global health, unlike, I don't know, being a doctor or a pharmacist or other, other medical professionals, public health, global health, everyone has a different path. So I think you could be really creative about how you design your life, uh, career path. That's a great point. There's so many different directions people can go with global health. So it's fun to hear people's different stories. 
thank you so much for your time today, Mayuko, and sharing your experiences with our listeners. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add or to share? Thank you so much for um, having me in this podcast. And I truly, truly enjoy this um, fellowship program. I wouldn't be here where I, where I am without this fellowship program. So um, yeah, I really hope that um, more and more other people um, learn about this fellowship and apply for it and then really um, enjoy this program. Thank you to our guest, Mayuko Takamiya and PH, and thanks to all of you for tuning in to the PHI CDC Global Health Podcast. This podcast is a project of the PHI CDC Global Health Fellowship Program implemented by the Public Health Institute and its partner Consortium of Universities for Global Health for the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Please join us next time as we share more fellowship stories. To learn more about our program and see how we are making meaningful contributions to today's global health challenges, visit our website at phi-cdcfellows.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe or rate us and leave a review, which helps other listeners find the podcast. This podcast is produced by Whitney Sturton Hall. Thank you to Mike Sage, Christine Caraballo, Felicia Warren, CDC Center for Global Health, PHI, and CUGH.